Welcome, I'm David Nurse, MBA shooting coach turned life optimization coach, speaker, author, leader of all types. On this show, we bring on high performers, athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, people doing amazing things in this world, but they weren't always at that spot. And we talk about how they got through their stuck situation and made their pivot to achieve their success. So join me every week as we pivot and go. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, cause I'm always giving the toast. I live that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone. Incremental change to help you get in the flow. But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go. Switch your perspective and go for the goal. That ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go. Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. Thank you for giving your time to be here with me, to learn with me. And that's one reason I love doing these podcasts. Like the guests that I bring on, I love learning from them. In this week's episode with this superstar, this confidence coach, confidence master, you're going to love it. Our guest, Heather Monahan. Heather is a world-renowned confidence coach for high-level CEOs, athletes, you name it, you're looking for performance in the confidence arena, Heather is your go-to. She has she's overcome her villains and has created this book that is coming out on November 9th, Overcome Your Villains, Mastering Your Beliefs, Actions, and Knowledge to Conquer Any Adversity. And what I love about it and what I love about Heather is she gives you actionable tools for how to do it. Like how can you actually create confidence? How can you actually make other people feel comfortable in their own skin? And she lays it out in this podcast. She lays it out in her books and she's got so many free gives that she is going to give to help people help us all just increase our confidence. And as as much as I think that I am confident, I'm taking a lot of notes and taking a lot of things from Heather. You will love this episode. So please buckle up because here we go. Pivot and go. Heather Monahan, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. This is an absolute pleasure to have you on here. I look up to you. Probably like one of the most, uh, you know, like confidence builders and being a confidence coach myself, I have a lot that I learned from you and I mean, just to be honest, steal from you. So thank you for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, I love you. You have been <laughs> such a blessing to me since I met you. Even the day, I don't know if you remember, the day that you came on my podcast and we didn't know each other personally, you know, before that, I just wanted to interview you for my show. And when we, I was in the worst mood and I told you I was having the worst day and I was thinking like, oh, should I cancel on this guy today? I'm just not in the mood and I want to be in a good mood. And I turned the Zoom on and you were there and I told you, I said, I'm having the worst day and I'm just, I don't know even know if we should do this interview. And you're like, oh, don't worry, we got this. And we ended up having the best time. And I walked away a totally different person. And I was like, oh, thank God he just came on the show. It was amazing. You're awesome. Isn't it funny, like the, the friends you meet that become some of your best friends, you haven't actually even met in person. It's like our Zoom life. You're one of those. We got to get you out to this coast or I got to come to your coast. Oh, 100% agree. And we know way too many people in common. Scary. And it's, it's just, scary. yeah, it's, it's got to happen soon. All right, let's get this thing rolling. So start us off with a bang, something that maybe not everybody knows about you, successful businesswoman, author, speaker, you just just kill it. But something, maybe something a little 
different? Okay, this is true story. My whole life, I have smelly feet. Like literally, <laughs> my feet stink. They're disgusting. And I built this whole career and facade in my life. You know, I was in corporate America for 20 plus years. And I always used to try to project this like really powerful image. And I would be nervous. I didn't ever want someone to smell my feet or to know I have sweaty, stinky feet. That's disgusting, right? You're trying to be perfect and you have all these imperfections. And it's funny, after I got fired and my confidence went to a zero, I just started, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna start embracing the fact that I have flaws just like everybody else. And the more I rock my flaws as my advantage and what's unique and different about me, the better I feel about myself. So that's something that I feel like a lot of people say, oh my gosh, she's crazy that she shares this, but it makes me feel better about who I am. Oh, that's so good because we all have those things and we'll get really in depth on this in your new book, Overcoming Your Villains, of the masks that we put on, the facades that we put on. And the most freeing thing to be is yourself, but it's so hard for people to do. We're our biggest defenders. So before we get into that meat, talk to me about your biggest life pivot because you climbed the corporate ladder, like amazing. But talk to me about the biggest life pivot you've had to make, how you got through that, how you pivoted and basically gone on to what you have become today? Without a doubt, this is so easy to answer. <laughs> I, you know, I grew up poor. And then one of the things I knew because I grew up poor was I never wanted to be poor, right? So I got real clear at a young age, like nine years old, I'm not going to live like this. I have to find a way to drive revenue, whatever that looks like. You know, I didn't know at the time. But I just, I started chasing a paycheck at nine mm -hmm. years old and never stopped, right? So that led me to becoming a chief revenue officer in media, you know, winning all these awards, making a lot of money. But more than that, to me, it was like, I, I saw it as this safety and this certainty. I thought I was in this well-lit arena where I knew the next move after chief revenue officer is CEO, and maybe it wouldn't be for the company I was working for, but it would be another one, and I had all this expertise and network, and I used to say I have golden handcuffs, I don't love my job, but I love my paycheck, I have to do what I do. And this was a story that I would perpetuate and tell myself, I'd tell others, my son would say, you hate going to work, you complain about traveling all the time, but that's what I have to do, you know, I had to do it. So anyhow, getting fired for me from that situation, from that story, from that role, I was so scared because I had never thought about working for myself. That sounds really scary. I thought safety meant work in corporate America. It's well lit. You know the next move. You know the next pitch. You know who's in charge. You know who you have to talk to. But this whole idea of, wait, you go to work for yourself? How do you know how, who's going to pay you? Where does the money come from? Where's the pipeline? Where's the trajectory? Where's the plan, the roadmap? And so when I got fired, I took that opportunity to, number one, ask for help, which was brilliant. I never used to ask for help. And now, as you know, as soon as I got on the phone with you today, I'm like, David, can you help me? <laughs> I'm always asking for help, right, all the time. Because asking for help is something strong people do. And I used to be afraid that I would appear weak if I asked for help, so I wouldn't when I was younger. 
Um, that's like one of the beautiful things that age gives you is some wisdom. So, you know, I took that opportunity to ask for help and be vulnerable and shine a light on shame and, and start mm. saying, mm. you know what? I don't know what being an entrepreneur looks like, but if I'm ever even going to take a glance at this idea, it's got to be right now that I'm unemployed. And that led me down a very uncertain path in a very dark world. It wasn't well lit the way I saw corporate America. Mm. But, you know, here I am three years later, and I'm so grateful I did it. Oh, this is so good. This is like one door closes that you thought was your door, your thing, four open in an entire beachfront patio overlooking the ocean. Oh, I love it. I love it. And asking for help. David, but you, to, to that point, I want to say something about that. Yeah. What I came to realize that I didn't know at the time, the day that woman thought she fired me, I had actually fired my number one villain. And what mm. happens is when you fire a toxic, negative person from your life that doesn't want you to succeed, you know, they're in your circle, but not your corner. But when you fire them from your life, that just what you said happens. Four opportunities come. Five people come. All these good people start showing up where before you were blocked by negativity. I truly believe this. So that day I fired that villain from my life, so much opportunity came to me. Beautiful. The setback that we think is often the setup if we're willing to take that chance, which you have done a miraculous job of doing. So let's, I want to get into that. Let's talk about overcoming your villains. Cause a lot of people think villains come from the outside, but it's not, it's the villain that we have on our inside. I've never heard that before. Fire yourself. That's really cool. Let's, let's get into what does overcoming your villains basically, I mean, in essence, what does that mean? Well, listen, we can all have toxic people in our life. We can be drawn to toxic situations. We can repeat, you know, negative patterns from our childhood. And those can all yeah. be villains in our life. Social media can be a villain in your life, totally. right? Depending on how you respond to it and how you use it. The, being in the wrong career can be your villain, right? If you're an artistic person who loves to paint, but you're sitting as a CPA miserable at your job, your villain is your career. There, some people are eating unhealthy and not working out and their villain is this hold back around their weight. It's really about getting real with yourself and saying, there's a lot of situations in my life. I need to start analyzing how do I feel and show up in each one of them, whether it's having lunch with a friend and you leave and say, I don't feel so good about myself right now. Doesn't mean they're a bad person, but they're not your people, right? And starting mm -hmm. to pay attention to how do I feel when I leave the day at the office? I don't feel good. This isn't making me feel great. I, you know, I feel much better on the weekends when I'm doing A, B, C, and D. How can I find a way to start moving myself away from the things that are villains in my life and moving them and moving me towards the things that I want to do? And the hardest part about this, and I know you'll get it, is that, and I knew this, I used to love speaking in corporate America. I didn't know people got paid for it. I didn't know it was a career because I lived in this little bubble called the media world and we don't pay speakers in the media world. We just didn't. And so for me, I thought, well, yeah, I'd love to speak for a living, but that doesn't exist. I remember saying that to someone and they were like, oh, that's too bad. Yep. Get back to your job. You're good at it. You should stay in your lane. And here's what I've decided to do. I've blown up all the lanes and I take my unique talents wherever I want to go. And that started with writing a book, which led me to Google, how do you sell books? And it said speak. And that led me to a speaking career where now I literally get paid to show up and speak something I love to do that makes me excited every day. Is it easy? 
developing a new client base and breaking into a new industry? No, but it's so worth it. So worth it. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff in there. You are like an army tank going down just any lane. Boom. You're crushing it over because you have that insatiable drive. I love how you talked about feel feeling like how do you feel afterwards it's like the the rhythm that you create the people around you create it but you also have to be introspective on how you feel and that goes to the point one thing that you talk about that i love is creating your confidence song like that's like getting into your zone creating your confidence song and most people think like confidence is only derived through just the actions that you do but i mean you you feel it you see it you hear it you smell it so talk to us on the tool of the confidence song, because you know I'm a nut for tools and how to like, not just the whys and all this kind of stuff that sounds great, but some actionable hows. So give us some tools to create unshakable confidence. The first two that are super powerful that just came to my mind, one is what you're talking about. I literally have a playlist that I only use when I'm about to go into something really scary. Because here's the thing I want everyone to understand. Every Every time you go to the next level, every time you go to take a bigger stage or take a bigger opportunity, your self-doubt is going to come back in. No one is confident all the time. And if they are, they're either lying or they're not challenging themselves to grow. It's one of the two. I, I guarantee it, right? I've seen this too many times. I've been the person who wasn't growing. So I didn't feel self-doubt when I was in corporate America. I wasn't pushing myself to grow. I was just staying in familiar, right? Now I'm constantly feeling scared. Self-doubt comes in all the time. I just auditioned mm -hmm. for HarperCollins leadership for the audible version of my new book. So much self-doubt came in. I text my friend who's a well-known author and I said, give me advice. I need strategy. I don't know if I can get this. I need to get this. And she wrote back, ready for the strategy? I said, yes, be yourself. Obviously that was the strategy, right? But when you get in those moments of negativity and self-doubt and you're scared to go to the next level and she grounded me, I took action, I read the chapter and I got it and I was so excited and proud, but so appreciative that I had this friend that was willing to give me this great direction and great advice. Okay, so there's a couple of things that I really want people to do. I swear this works unbelievably well. Anytime I'm about to take a big stage, I prime my brain. First of all, I was a psych uh, major in college, okay? And so there's this whole case study called Pavlov's Law. And what it entails is scientists, researchers had a dog, and they would train the dog by ringing a bell. And then they would ring the bell and then feed the dog food. Pretty soon what they noticed in the research is if they ring the bell, the dog starts salivating. The dog did not need the food to appear for his body to respond. So what? now let's apply that to our life. This is what I've done and, and what I know you do. I get into the, what I call a zone or you know my headspace that I know I'm about to crush something, even though I'm scared to death, right? I'm scared to go get on the big stage. I'm nervous about it. I pop my headphones in. I've primed my brain over discipline, over routine, and over time. The minute... Kanye kicks into my ears. <laughs> it doesn't matter what is happening around me. I, I will tell you this. It's like I can't even see anything else. I condition my brain to know success is about to come. Heather's about to kill it. Now, so that's one. It's real. It works, I promise. But you've got to be consistent. You can't say, well, this time I'm going to try it, but not next time. You're not priming your brain then. You've got to be consistent about it. Every time you feel scared, you get nervous. Put the, those headphones on only play that music when you need that priming and remember the dog 
the researchers showed that the brain works such that when they, he heard the bell, his body started to react without the food. You are the same. It works every time. Okay, that's one great hack. Another one that works really well, and I only learned about this. I've been doing it my whole life, but I learned about it when I had Dr. Cross on my podcast a couple of months ago. He's a psychologist in the Midwest. Uh, we were talking about different routines to get you out of negative headspace, stop you know, using negative talk to yourself. And he asked me, he said, what do you do? I said, I'll tell you what I do. I always cheer myself up and coach myself. And he said, well, tell me what that's like. So I, I say, if I get into something's going wrong in my life and I'm getting full of self-doubt, I'm getting negative, I'll say, Heather, I basically come out of my own body and look at myself, figuratively speaking, right? But I talk to myself as if I'm a different person. There's science behind this. I didn't know it, but I have always done it. And I start coaching me. I say, Heather, knock it off. All right, you've had your pity party. That was long enough. Now, let's talk about this. You overcame divorce. You overcame getting fired. You overcame the 0809 recession. You just survived a global freaking pandemic. You are a badass. You can take this on. Now get moving and do it. I literally talk to myself like that, and then I go, right? So anyways, Dr. Cross was telling me he's done years of research with students around teaching them this very specific habit that the minute you start getting negative speech going on in your mind, pump the brakes, step out of your body and speak to yourself in the third person the same way you would to a great friend that you're encouraging. And that trick actually will help you break that negative habit. Wow. Those are two very powerful tools. And like you said, it is consistency. You have to continue to do that. It's muscle memory of the mind. And that's how you create it time after time after time again. What Kanye song is your, is your pump up song? I have a lot. I have oh, a, lot a lot of Kanye, of, was. Of hey. Kanye songs. I don't want to say the name okay, of it. Right. it, it it's, it's not nice. The, the title of the song <laughs> is not nice. People will think that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not nice. Um, but I'll tell you, I have a lot of Jay-Z, Kanye, and yep, um, Kendrick yep. Lamar on there. Hey, didn't you did, uh, kind of depict this and get this from your son when he broke his leg and he, he developed his own comeback song? Like, your son's a stud, by the way. Wait, how do you know that? I Did do, I tell you that? I do lots of research, Heather. I do lots of research. Is oh that how gosh. you found it? The com you're, yes, comeback you're, song? You're smarter than I realized. <laughs> that was so good. Okay. And this is, and I'm, thank you for bringing that story up because I love that story. My son is amazing. Well, every parent thinks their kid's amazing. My, I swear to God, mine really is. Um, but when he was nine, he's 14 now. He broke his leg playing basketball, as you and I have talked about, um, as you know, you're, that's your passion, that's his too. Um, and so when we got home and he had the cast on, and he was nine, right? It's like the end of your life when you're nine and you break your leg and basketball is your life. He thinks he's LeBron James at this point. <laughs> and so he goes into his bedroom and lays down. I'm heartbroken because I can't fix this, right? I can't heal the leg. And it's the crappiest feeling when you're a parent and you're watching your kids suffer mentally and physically. And I go into his room, you know, thinking I'm just going to hold him. And he's on YouTube. Shocker, like every kid goes on YouTube nonstop. But what he's watching was really interesting. I said, what are you doing, honey, on YouTube? And he said, oh, mom, I'm searching up my comeback song for the day that I take the court for the first time and I'm about to crush it. And I said, what's the song that you're looking to pick? And he said, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to think of what it was right now. Glorious. That's what it was. The song was glorious. And it's all about glory and that wow. moment that you're taking on of greatness. And it's such a beautiful song. 
So what we would do, I would do it to help him every day on the way to school. I would play that track in the car, again, just repeating the habit of we're about to step into greatness. He had this vision of him taking the court and killing that game. So instead of focusing on, I got to go to school today and I have a broken leg and I can't play, he was constantly fixated on, I'm going to be taking the court and coming in there, crushing it, and I can't wait for that moment. My goodness. Can you help me and my wife raise our kids when we have them? How the heck? A nine-year-old kid created his comeback song. That's phenomenal. But it's, it is the true power of it. For myself, before I get up on stage and talk, I listen to Zach Williams' Fear is a Liar and just keeps repeating, Fear is a Liar. And just like you said, like I tell my nerves, nerves, you know what? You're going to help me go at a higher heights. So being nervous, being vulnerable, being like you got smelly feet, you know, it makes people feel more comfortable in who they are and allows them to be basically who God made them to be. So unbelievable so stuff. I love I love your tools. But I, we need to get back into the, the villains that are in your life. Like how do we recognize these? Because it's one thing to know that we have them. But then if we don't know what's actually going on, is there a way that you have that we can like we can recognize our villains so that we can be prepared to combat them when they come at us? Well, I mean, for me personally, journaling was the primary way I started truly recognizing. Because, listen, here's the thing. You're only ever real all the time in your own head or, you know, sitting down with a journal, right? You might not realize it when you're around certain people. You might not say something you believe because you don't want to hurt their feelings. But to get real, get alone and write down in a journal how you truly feel. When I started reflecting back and looking through months of journals, I noticed, wow, I hated my job way more than I realized I did. Wow, I was constantly complaining. That's embarrassing. I was complaining to everybody. But I started noticing myself from the outside. So it's like giving yourself that perspective, right? Journaling was a huge hack for me to really start listening to my inner voice. The other thing I would say is to truly understand the villains around you, you've got to understand the one within. Hmm. And that's the biggest bridge to cross. At least it, it certainly was for me. You are with your own voice and thoughts more than with any other person in the entire world. Okay, that's just fact. So if you can rewrite that narrative inside your own mind, which by the way, you can, you are in charge of it, you own it, you actually drive it, whether you realize it or not, it's about getting intentional about what am I saying to myself? And the sooner I can say, I'm my own worst enemy. I'm the one holding myself back. I'm the one telling a story that's not true. It's not factually based. Okay, I can change this. I'm going to write down a new story. I'm going to write down a new track and I'm going to use it for me. I say, how would I speak to my son after he failed at something, right? I, I would say, Sweetheart, this is not the end of the world. This is temporary. We're going to see a solution. We just don't know what it is yet. But let's take action and get back up and try again. You can do it. I believe in you. That's the conversation I would have if my son failed at you know something at school. So why am I not having that same conversation? In my mind, when I failed at, I partnered with Perry Ellis International to bring a clothing line to market right after I got fired, it failed. And so I got so devastated. I can't do anything right. Why? This didn't work. Instead, I had to say, okay, Heather, how would you talk to your son? And I had to force myself to say, you know what, Heather? This was one business venture. One. Life is a numbers game, kid. You know that. We've got to put a lot of opportunities out there to have one or two stick. Let's take action and keep moving. That will get the momentum going. That will get us pointed in the right direction. 
and all of those things did work. But really, it was about identifying that I was the one being the biggest villain in my life. And the more real I could get with me, the more I could rewrite that and become a supporter, a champion and a cheerleader for me, the more I could start noticing what the issues were around me. It's so true. We are the stories that we tell ourselves. We have the 50,000 self-talk thoughts a day and 80% of those are negative. We can pivot those to being positive self-talk thoughts. That is a great tool. How will you talk to your kids? Because a lot of times, I mean, the advice that we that we give, we don't follow, which is so true for so many people. Amazing. Heather, like, I want to do some confidence, like, workshops together with you, like, working with We athletes. need to. That would be so totally. amazing. We're going to talk about that after this. I would love to partner with you on that. And it's just, it's just really cool, you know, like, to see your drive and you're just, you know, like, no matter what roadblock comes, I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve. And it doesn't even matter if you're a woman, if you're a man. Like, to me, it's not about that. It's about the character the drive inside of you and you, like just an inspiration. It's so cool. So cool. All right, Heather, I can talk to you all day, literally, and hopefully we'll be able to steal you out here to Los Angeles so we can hang all day, but I'm gonna throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So this can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind, just fire them out. Now, I got a feeling that you have a few of these, but if you could choose one favorite mindset quote, maybe it's on your fridge, it's on your bathroom mirror, on your phone, what would that mindset quote be? Wait, I think you emailed me telling me you were going to do this and I didn't even read it. That's so me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good. So then you're really on the rapid fire hot seat. I am. No, I am. I, I think I saw the email and I thought, oh, whatever, I'll get to that later. Okay. For mindset, and I don't know if I'm going to do this correctly. Or just so your you favorite quote. This can be a quote yeah, this, from your book, too. Like, this can be, like, what's your No, but I don't want to do that because the first thing that popped in my mind was the Steve Jobs quote. I know it's a Steve Jobs quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it because I don't remember exactly, but it's something around you don't see how the dots are going to connect until you're after it. Like, you can't yeah. look forward and know, oh, my gosh, getting fired is a beautiful yes. thing today. Yeah. What a great day. It takes three years to say, now I can see how those dots connected, but I couldn't see it in the moment. And I just think that for my life anyways, that's really meaningful because I can look back to, I remember a boyfriend of mine cheated on me when mm. I was my early twenties in radio because he cheated on me. I accepted an equity partnership that I would have never accepted because it took me, I had to move across the country at the time. I thought, get me away from this man. I, I can't face him anymore. He's awful to me, but that gave me the opportunity to generate $30 million in revenue for a company in under three years and put my name on the map as a revenue beast in media. I would have never been able to do that had he not cheated on me. So it's again, like you don't know in the moment, the beautiful thing that's about to form and connect so out of some of those really low moments that you oh have. Oh my gosh. I asked you for a quote and you give me like the best mindset. Literally. That's why I love you. And it's, 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 I mean, that's, that's what God does. He takes things away from our lives that we think that we need and shows us something better only if we are open to that opportunity to come. That's amazing. Heather, what does leaving a legacy mean to you? Not necessarily what the world says or billboards say, but what is leaving a legacy to Heather Monahan? Oh my gosh, I could cry. This is crazy. I can't <laughs> believe you're asking me this. I wrote a chapter in my book. I think cool. it's the last chapter of my new book, Overcome Your Villains, is a chapter on legacy. And the story in it, this is so sad, 
is about one of my mentors back in the media business. He was much older than me. Awesome guy. His name was Bob McCurdy. He's a very, an unbelievable basketball player, by the way. You'll have to research him a little bit. He's amazing. Um, guy is a freaking total beast. <laughs> and he, whenever he ended up working for me in some weird, strange event, you know, he's much more senior than I was, but he ends up working for me my last couple of years in corporate America. And ultimately, he took over my job when I got fired, essentially. Um, but it had nothing to do with him. Anyhow, so when he and I would meet years ago, whenever we would sit down together, he'd always want to talk about legacy and footprints in the sand. And I would get so pissed. I'm like, Bob, we are here to talk about revenue. Right now, we're pacing for the quarter app. And I go right into, you know, I get really laser focused on business. And so I'd, I'd always get annoyed with him. But over time, we became closer and closer. So I would afford him like the first 15 minutes, I'd let him lecture me about you know, footprints in the sand and what are the footprints going to look like, Heather, when you're no longer here? And I would listen to him. At first, I wasn't. And I started learning through what he was saying to me. He was teaching me to show up as more than just an employee, to show up as more, show up as someone who can help other people even when they're not here anymore. Okay, this is what's so crazy, David. Mm -hmm. So I didn't speak to him for a little while when I got fired because I was angry at everyone that had to do with that. I didn't know. I was so mad and I had so much hostility against getting fired. And I was afraid. What if he had something to do with it? He didn't. Luckily, a mutual friend of ours put us back together um, about a year and a half ago. And so then I started talking to him all the time again and things were great. Okay. So then one day he says, hey, kiddo, I think I'm going to write a book. And at this point, he had, he had cancer. And I said, okay, um, well, what can I do to help you achieve that goal? And he said, can I send you what I've worked on so far and, and give me your feedback? So he sends it to me. I go through it. It's awesome. I'm like, this is a freaking sales training manual with personal stories. I love it. Like, let's get a self-publisher. Let's just get this thing moving now. And he says, okay, let me get back to you. Give me like two weeks. He ends up passing away in those two weeks, right? So it was ugh, heart-wrenching. Wow. And what I did was I wrote my final chapter about legacy in my book and about Bob. And the point is, is that Bob left footprints in the sand in me. And now I can, oh. you know, I share that story that he impacted me in such a positive way that that's, I don't know, just the most beautiful thing. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> over here. Heather, that is real raw and that is Wow, just to think about that, I mean, the footprints that we leave. I can't even speak justice to what you just said there, so that's... But that's his whole thing is it's about he now, he left footprints in the sand for me yes. so I can carry his message totally. forward. He's gone, but I'm still here. And that's the whole thing about legacy. Mm. It isn't about a book. He didn't have to write the book, David. He left the footprints in the sand with me, and I'm still here, and I can do more for him and, and to carry his message on. And you will, and he will be looking down extremely proud of you. Wow, that's good. Okay, how can we all follow you, Heather? How can we all just basically know everything that you're doing? You're phenomenal on social media, and how can we pre-order the book? It comes out, pre-order starts next week. Yes, yes. Okay. Pre-order is going live next week, um, and I'm offering some major support. So here's the thing. I have never published with a traditional publishing house until now. They gave me a number of 7,000 books they want me to pre-sell, so I so need everybody's help yes. to hit this number, but I want to make it worth everyone's time. 
So for anyone that pre-orders the book now, I'm going to buy you my $299 confidence video course. I'm also wow. gifting you my 30-day accountability program, email program to help you achieve your goals. I'm giving you the first four chapters of the new book before anyone else is going to get it. I'm giving you a bonus chapter that, I'm not, that didn't go into the original book. And I'm giving you a workbook on how you can overcome your villains now and you don't have to wait for it to actually come out. Oh my gosh, that's gold. Heather, I'm going to buy a bunch personally to give out to friends. And we have the first five people that after they listen to the podcast, they, they leave a review, we get the book. So we will be supporting you 10 plus books for sure. That's amazing. And it comes out November 9th. So when this podcast releases, it will be pre-order. It just came out on pre-order, so everybody knows. Comes out November 9th. That's beautiful. Mine comes out November 16th. We're the same Oh month. my gosh, this is yeah. amazing. <laughs> Awesome. I will have to have you back on my show to, to do an episode to promote it right before the six, you know, something that we can drop right before then. Would be super honored. So we will link all to this. Heather, we'll promote the heck out of it for you because it's just so powerful. Not just because you're my friend, but like people need this. Like I've seen how impactful it is. People need this to be able to live with confidence and your self-awareness of who you are. <sighs> powerful. Okay. I got a fun one for you before we get off here on this rapid fire hot seat. If you were going to a dinner party, you're having a dinner party, you could invite three people dead or alive three people that you want to learn from or just be around and and who are you inviting and what are you eating so what is like your go-to death row meal i know it's oh a tough God. one it's immediately tough one. i feel like we have to invite john gordon his wife yes. and you and your wife like okay, i have we'll to for. see you guys I have, we have to be in real life and I won't be able to eat fat bastard in front of you because your wife is too gorgeous <laughs> and you're too healthy. So we'll have to do sushi, but I still have to be able to drink wine. Everyone's just going to have to deal with that. Oh, I love wine. Hey, Heather, if you come out here to Los Angeles, we will do that. <laughs> John and Catherine and Taylor, we'll all get together. We've got a great sushi spot. We'll get some wine. We can make that happen. I love that. Thanks for inviting me to your dinner. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Hey, as we wrap up here, the last question I always ask everybody on the Pivot and Go podcast, if you could leave one piece of advice, just to drop the mic, it can be a one-liner, one piece of advice to someone who feels stuck or feels like they're not good enough or feels like they can't achieve their goals and dreams, what would that drop the mic piece of advice be so they can pivot and go? In every moment, you are either creating your confidence or chipping away at it. Choose wisely. Boom. Heather. Amazing. You rocked it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're, you're like, yeah, you're a superstar. So thank you. Right back at you. Thank you so much for having me. Pivot and go.